0: Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinker Colin Asari Appiah, Trade Director of Multicultural and LGBTQ Advocacy for Bacardi, and the co-author of Black Mixolence, which we're going to get into. Uh, Now if you've missed part one though, you want to go ahead and belly back up to that bar and give that a listen first. Don't worry, we'll save a seat right here for you. So, Colin, in part one, you shared that diversity and inclusion is the name of your game as that trade director for Bacardi. Um, Yep. And now I'd really just, if if you feel like it, let's just dive right into this beautiful book of yours.
1: Yeah, thank Um, you.
0: What's the inspiration behind this?
1: Oh, right. Okay. I was actually approached... uh, for this book, maybe two years ago by Kingston Imperial. Exactly, Black Mixelance. And it's a snapshot into cocktail culture. And it really shows what Black people have been doing within cocktail culture for. A generation, which is over the last, I'd say, say five or six years, and it really shows the ingredients that we've been working with. tells some of the stories, which will be on the uh, website, and all of the recipes. The majority of them are, you know, original recipes, but some of them are classics or riffs on classics that these black mixologists have enjoyed working with for uh, their. Uh, careers. It's what they wanted to highlight. They said it was the best representation of them. So we use that. And, you know, Black Mixolence also has some stories at the beginning as well, just about Black Mix um, mixologists in yesteryear, because you have to give a nod to those that went before you, uh, before you can take that step forward. And I remember when I uh, first Uh, started bartending. There weren't really any bartenders that looked like me, walked like me, or talked like me. And then I came across a book called The Ideal Bartender by Tom Bullock, uh, which totally changed um, my life. And then I came to a realisation, like looking at his cocktail book, which came out in 1917. Wow. That prohibition was about to start. So his book obviously uh, disappeared. Now, there's lots of Historical notes about black bartenders uh, through the 1800s that haven't really their stories haven't really been shared. A lot of them are actually in the DMV um, area. There was uh, the Black Mixologist Clubs, which was at a Howard Theater, Um, and the bartenders i know uh gina we actually did the launch party uh there when it was re um when it was redesigned i remember coming up for it that was amazing yeah and it's this cocktail book is a great snapshot into what's happening now back then people obviously couldn't write uh cocktail uh, books they couldn't put any area recipes down and they made amazing juleps, old fashions. There's a lot of uh, cocktails that black mixologists made, which they didn't get the credit for. So we thought, let's get a snapshot of bartenders and black mixologists now and what they're making so we can give them the flowers that they are due. And this book definitely um, does that.
0: Well, you skimmed over something, that, and the only reason I know this is because you shared it with me and I uh, mm. knew this but didn't put it together, that the reason they weren't written down was because they couldn't couldn't admit that yeah. they could write, read or write. Well, it
1: was a death sentence. Uh, during slavery, if you were black and you could read or write, it was definitely a death sentence because if you found out, you uh, you could be hung. Uh, so, so fucked a up. a lot of the general history of black... Uh, people was all oratory, so nothing could be written down. So that's why you don't really get any cocktail books until nineteen seventeen when um Tom Bullock first wrote that cocktail book. And then you fast forwarded uh, there's I think there's one other person Wait, that wrote rubs- back
2: up. Can you tell the yeah. listeners who Tom Bullock was because I they they just know he's a bartender, but can you just yeah. give a quick
1: Tom Bullock was a black bartender who was based out of um, St. Louis and he worked at the Pandemis Club in St. Louis and he also worked on the railroads as well. Uh, we did a lot of research into him and his family. Um, and basically, when he wrote his cocktail book in 1917, an American president um, actually loved uh, the book so much, he penned a forward for him, which is an amazing accolade. And that book now has been resurrected, and it's definitely as popular um, as uh, Professor Jerry Thomas's uh, book as well, which showed cocktail cult, the golden age of cocktail culture at the beginning. And Tom Bullock's uh, cocktail book was at the end of the last golden age of the cocktail because then we went into a prohibition. Then we went into a First World War. Then we went into a Second World War. Things ended up being in cans. No one was using fresh juices. And, you know, the rest is history. And then vodka became king as <laughs> <It's> a spirit <laughs> ingredient in the cocktail. But anyway, that's... That's a whole nother story. But um, coming back to Black Mixcellence, it's definitely a snapshot into what we're doing uh, now as a culture, and it's great. And I hope this inspires other people to write a cocktail book, because there's so many stories to be told. One book is just the beginning, and I hope it provides an inspiration for others.
2: We need to get Colin with the lady. um, What was her guest that was here from Alexandria? She does the. um, She told us about the cocktails that they served.
0: Oh, uh, from Black History Museum. Yes, from the Black History
2: Museum. Yeah, Um, she's amazing. She has a like a lot of history, a lot of history of like um, local Southern cocktails that were served here by uh, black bartenders in like um, in black bars because there was the little green taverns Mm. here in our area. And um, she had so much information. It was crazy. Can't yeah. think of her name. I apologize. We'll find it.
1: That's all right. Find it. it. And I'd love to connect with her.
0: So uh, are you inspired?
2: I am inspired. I have a 4 a cocktail, though. I just have one. I, have a, I just want to just go through this really quickly. So first of all, <laughs> I have to say, Colin, I love the fact that we got a pre-look at a book. So that's my fave. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing that i read so far is Off to the Races: the Mint Julep. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're going to buy a cocktail book and you think you know everything about cocktails and you've been, you know, tooting your own horn and you know how great you are and you know the story, of uh, honestly, this page just schooled the shit out of me. So, as, as as a person that probably owns close to every book, I think, I probably missed a few here and there. Yeah. Um, but all the big ones that count, I feel like you're you on to something that's going to be the big one that counts. And it's the mm-hmm. beginning of, it's the beginning of the corrections. And it yeah. should almost be um, an appendix to other cocktail books. And you're like, oh, was that how the julep was made? Because I'm not really sure. Or yeah. are you really sure that this was, um, you know, where all those spices came from? I think that like there's a time where like, it's okay to go back through a history and say it's okay to correct it. Mm-hmm. And that goes for a lot of cooking books and uh, cooking books, cookbooks, and, you know, all, all the things that have to do with the restaurant and at restaurant and bar industry, for sure. Yeah. Um, who is, in a snapshot, And in, in, in two sentences or less, who is uh, Birdie Brown?
1: Bertie is a great bartender who created some great uh, cocktails with whiskey. And he is a family, I think, during the research by Tamika Hall, who is our... Um, who's the author uh, for the book? Uh, Birdie Brown was someone that they wanted to include uh, just because they had such great contributions to the whiskey industry, and just very much like Uncle Nearest did for American whiskey. So did Birdie Brown.
2: One, uh, Uncle, the Uncle Nearest story. If you don't know that story, and you don't, and, and like you can go back yeah. and download. I forgot what episode number it is, but we had them on the show. But um, like Uncle Nearest is like by far one of the one of the most quintessential uh, cocktail or beginning yeah. of whiskey that you need to understand in order to understand what this um unfortunate you know like not giving enough light to the culture and the differences and race and where everything came from and all of those yeah. things so speaking I mean, of that
1: even if yeah. you even if you look at if you think about it uh, the White House was um, a a place where a lot of um black mixologists worked, a lot of amazing black chefs uh worked as well. A lot of their recipes changed and shaped um American culture. And I mean Tamika writes about some of that in the book as well. And when I whenever I get the chance, I always try and pick up um any of the White House cookbooks uh because there's little recipes in the back for lots of different tinctures and um, lots of different um, kind of sodas, uh, which add a different profile to a cocktail. And I'm sure the black mixologists at the White House used to use those, um, those cordials and sodas and everything for their cocktails.
2: There's a, um, there's a, there's a lore here. There's a lore here in uh, D.C. where people say that the mint julep was invented at the White House and not at the Kentucky Derby, right? I mean, and, uh, that's fine no, talk. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying there's a big, there's a big thing that people talk about here. But I was going to say, we have this like little thing in Washington, D.C. called the Library of Congress.
1: Yeah. And they have yeah, every single, con-
2: they have every single copy of the um, White House cookbooks. So I'm happy to go there, spend too much of an afternoon with you meet up with a couple of friends that I have, and like thumb through some books.
1: Love to do that. I think I've got um, four of them at the moment.
2: Well, we got like 30.
1: Yeah, I've only got four.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying we'll have a good time. We'll go. We'll pack a pint. We won't talk about that. We'll do it in true um, true Washingtonian style. You hide your liquor, you drink in plain sight, and nobody says anything. (laughs) Um, All right, so... Uh, this is, so I was going through the book and I was like, what could be inspirational depending on the time of year that this episode's yeah. going to come out. And, uh, the Bella, uh, the Bella Fonte Margarita, like just speaks to me. So I'm going to give you the quick ingredients for everybody. And if you miss anything, don't worry. You're going to go to designated Show um, for the recipe. And we'll post it with Colin's, um, permission, of course. Good. So it says that you have uh, one ounce of illegal mezcal Hoven, one ounce of martini, um, fiero. Fiero. And then you add, fiero. Fiero. <laughs> um, only half an ounce of lime juice. Um, two, uh, sorry, two ounces of fresh watermelon uh, juice. Um, I like to call it water, uh, puree, whatever you want. You can do it in a blender and I'm gonna show you a, t- a trick on how to do it with your juicer at home if you may not have a blender or if you're in your car and you pull off the side of the road and you're having a picnic. Um, and then you have uh, three slices of habanero peppers and then a half an ounce of simple syrup. So um, we have all this in the, all of this in our shaker uh, tin already. The trick of this cocktail, and excuse me if I'm wrong, is the fact that you wanna double strain this one because you have all of this um, you know, goodies in there and you wanna make sure you use your fine mesh strainer on this cocktail in particular. So I'm gonna add the ice to the drink and we all know you fill up the top of your shaker tin. So it's three quarters of the way full and not to spill everything. And yes, Louise, I'm using my um, hand. So we're just going go like, to go with it. Yeah,
0: it's got to in it. You know,
2: I'm like, yeah, it's got alcohol. We're fine. So we're going to give it a shake. The sitting shake is always like a mind. The sitting shake is me. always fun. It's like, I can't do this. <laughs> anyway, so. You want to make sure that you're shaking this enough that the tin is getting nice and cold. And if it's not, keep shaking.
0: You're going to repeat that after you stop shaking.
2: Oh, sorry. You always want to remember you want to keep shaking your cocktail till your tin gets nice and cold. If your tin is not cold, you need to shake harder and longer. And so you can spell your name with some ice. It is not done. So we are going to double strain this cocktail It looks beautiful. Colin, correct me if I'm wrong. Can we make this drink frozen if we strain the liquid first?
1: Uh, Yeah, you can actually. You can make it frozen. You can make it into ice pops as well. They're really good as ice pops. I've done that before. And um, yeah, this recipe was inspired actually by Harry Belafonte um, and he, I always watched him in uh, Carmen, and I always used to think, wow, one day when I grow up, I want to be just like him. And, you know, Carmen obviously was known to um, for a red dress, so I thought, let's make a red cocktail. She was a bit spicy, and um, that was the inspiration for the cocktail. But yes, you can make it into little uh, Color popsicles. Good? Ooh! Okay. Yes.
2: I passed. I passed the test.
1: You passed the test. Now I want to I drink it. Passed. Wow, that was great. I'm gonna pass one
2: to Louise. It's now oh, dr- it's so full. Mm-hmm.
1: It looks so
0: delicious.
2: This is an easy. I mean, honestly, I, this is this is a great read recipe. So like, you know, I really appreciate anybody that actually does their homework when they're doing a cocktail book. Because mm-hmm. sometimes people just throw it together, like, oh, these should work, and then they don't. And you're like, are you kidding me or what? This mm. is
0: this is amazing. This is thank you Colin this Cheers. is amazing. Cheers.
1: I had a lot of fun making this cocktail. Awesome. And r and in
0: just enough heat just the enough. balance that sweet ah oh, so good. Can we talk yeah. about that martini really quickly, right?
2: What what is that supposed to be like an like an aperol like what is it?
1: What's that? Oh, the Martini Fiero. Oh, right. Martini yeah. Fierro is uh no, it's, um, it's supposed to be like an Aperol. Um and it's I the ABV is really low, exactly. It's beautiful. <laughs> the ABV is really low, and it's lots of Monsieur um, oranges. So you get that big orange uh, flavor. And it's Amazing. great on its own. It's great to be mixed uh, in cocktails. Great with a little bit of Prosecco. I mean, hey, Ooh. super versatile. Ooh, yeah. yeah, it's one of I the best Prosecco. things I tasted three years ago when it first came out. It's
2: it's. I mean, I'm I got. It. I'm going to be honest on the show. I'm, I haven't had it before. Exactly. But I did match the color of my top tits. I you did? saw that.
0: <laughs> nice, nice.
2: So where are they going to go to get this recipe? You're going to go to Designated Drinker. Show for our uh, tits. We're no, for tits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you like
2: tits and cocktails, <laughs> you hey. should come to Designated Drinker. Show. Hey, that's taking Jesus the show to Christ. a whole new it was level. Now. I had one sip. One sip. Um, just play that. That sounds great. Fuck it. Tips and tricks. There we go. now if you're gonna go you're gonna go to show for our tips, tricks, and how-tos, how to make cocktails, or how to get Colin's new book. Also, you know, get involved. If you're listening to this and you're a bartender and you feel that you need, you know, some guidance and you know you know, hit up there's gotta be a website, right? from Bacardi that they can get to you, Colin?
1: Yeah, they can. Or you can just find me on Instagram at cocktailcolin. Uh, really, really easy. And my mantra is get involved, bruv. And you can always you can always find me. I'm based out of New York. But I travel all around the country. Uh, we're going to start touring uh, with the book soon. So look out for us. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe out there and look out for each other.
0: Yep. And so if you've missed any of those things, don't worry. Like Gina said, we'll make sure that it's at designateddrinker.show, um, that all those links will be there. They're in your episode notes, so all you have to do is scroll down. You'll find that's how quick and easy it is to get to Colin. Um, and then, of course, we'll link together on, on our, in our Grams. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this one's you, Gina. That's it. All right, Colin, this is how we know if you listen to the show or not.
2: So in this day and age, everybody identifies themselves as some sort of spirit animal, and you might think that you're a spirit animal, Is the love bug, because the love bug, you know, gives you a little love bite on your neck, right? But if you can identify yourself as one ingredient, whether it's for food or beverage, what would that ingredient be?
1: Oh, your spirit ingredient. What spirit ingredient ingredient. inspires you? Uh, What spirit? Okay. The spirit ingredient that inspires me for a cocktail is Grains of Paradise which is, we're talking uh-huh. about spice at the top, of, uh, the top of the show. And Grains yeah, yeah. of Paradise is a little pepper, uh, which we grow in Ghana, which is my native uh, country where I was born. And it's these beautiful, really aromatic uh, peppers. They're really small, but they pack a punch and just sprinkled on a pineapple cocktail mm. with cream, rum and coconut, pina colada, Mm. boom, it's the one.
2: <laughs> I think mean, it's a first for us, it. right? I love that. Never. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I, feel, I feel Collins drinks me be hitting my, my
1: cocktail list for the summer.
2: Little grains of uh, paradise on yeah, top. just a little sprinkle
1: of it on top, you know? Just I was on top just of your pina colada. Colin. Yeah. Beautiful. Just
0: a little Colin. Just a little Colin. There you go. Just add a little Colin to that cocktail. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Cheers to this beautiful Cheers. cocktail. And the, your amazing uh, recipe book. Thank um, you. Jean, I can't wait for Good you to luck. make more. Well, Good luck.
2: Congratulations. Thank congratulations. you.
1: And everyone can pre-order it. So let's go.
0: Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.